0: Of
1: Black Girl Talks Pop. I'm this close to listening to that country album. I'm this close. It could happen (laughs) at any time. She is really nailing it.
2: I'm just saying that there is a specific British look that certain people have that I assume is because they wanted to keep, you know, power and money in a very select circle of people. I mean, I think Frankie is, is definitely very pretty. I think all the girls are pretty.
1: Let's get into Rochelle. She is our favorite member.
2: But also, too, like, I don't think that there would be a Saturdays without Vanessa.
0: Hey, y'all. My name is Ada Grace, and you're listening to my podcast, Black Girl Talks Pop, where I talk about pop culture and all the hits and misses in between. I hope y'all enjoyed the holiday season. I'm sure many of y'all are thinking new year, new me well in this special music hall it's not just me i decided to listen to and ring all the full-length albums from the underrated british girl group the saturdays but i didn't accomplish this feat alone i had the help of a content creator that i admire so much you know her from the podcast not your average netizens or nyan in Soju chronicles let's give it up burnett boop to give a quick disclaimer before we jump into the episode there may be cursing so feel free to use headphones or earbuds i look forward to having even more guests on the podcast and i want everyone to be able to show up authentically i always think it's an honor to hear someone share about the things they love with enthusiasm so i'm very excited for you to hear someone else's pop culture experience you may not agree with all our opinions but please engage with us respectfully on to the episode Take a trip down memory lane to a time where magic and friendship always save the day.
2: Corey, I was going to say, how are you doing? But now you're recording. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no, I'm good. How are you? Good. good. <laughs> I would ask how you're enjoying the holidays, but you guys have your turkey day in October, right? Yes. So...
2: Thanksgiving is an October tradition in Canada, so.
1: (laughs) Okay, so it's actually started, so the holiday season for you guys starts October 1st, technically.
2: Yeah, I mean, I allow people to enjoy things like Thanksgiving and Halloween in between, but for me, Christmas starts after Thanksgiving.
1: Okay, so you were the embodiment of all those memes of, like, Mariah rising up from the dead.
2: Exactly, exactly. Literally, like, as soon as I felt like Christmas was coming, I just started playing Christmas music. That's just my life. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Okay. I love that we're connected in so many ways. When I first started following you on Twitter, I saw that you had posted something about the Saturdays. And I was like, I'm home. This is where I need to be. You just have those moments with other accounts where you're just like we're on the same page Honestly, we're on the right side of history
2: the saturdays are so underrated i mean we'll get into it but like yeah. they are probably like my favorite group like i mean obviously i'm not going to say that they're the best group and they put out the best music and things like that because i mean like you know destiny's child exists little right. mix i'm who i also very much enjoy exists i even love girls aloud and all the i love girl groups just in general right yes but uh I don't know, like, I just feel like the Saturdays has always been, like, my group, you know? Um, and just, like, a group that I've always supported musically and that I've always supported, like, the girl... Well, not, not always supported the girls. <laughs> but, I mean, like, I generally do support the girls quite a lot, quite a lot and, like, I just feel like I I maybe because I got into them really early I got into them like when updropped and so I had just been following them like since then and I've been a very avid supporter and um, I don't know I just feel like they are underrated I feel like their music you know people kind of like look down on them I guess in some ways and people were kind of like not willing to give them a chance and that's why it took them so long to get that number one when I feel like they should have got it like beforehand but you know, I, they just came in a really awkward period. They weren't on an audition show. They weren't like you know, girls allowed. And Little Mix were so they didn't really yeah. have the built-in audience that they had. And like the girls, like like Una was like a bit older, and you know. So I think that there might have been just like it was more of a time factor. You know. So I love the Saturdays. I will like continue to sing their praises. And yeah, it's good to see other set fans because
1: there's not many. <laughs> I feel like there's not many of us,
2: but it's fine.
1: <laughs> I do agree with them being underrated. I enjoy Girls Aloud. I feel like I'm going to seem a little shady towards Girls Aloud because I personally think the Saturdays have better music and just better. It's like Girls Aloud cleaned up. And I feel if all the members were white, they would have been regarded a bit differently. That's just kind of my theory for one of the reasons why it didn't Mm -hmm. take off. And so it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Of course, we love Girls Aloud. RIP to Sarah. But there is like, I feel like Girls Aloud got away with a lot because all the members are white. And just looking back. At uh, the music videos and performances, I'm just like, we could have stayed in the studio a bit longer. We could have spent some time in the practice room yeah. just to get just things bit. together.
2: Yes, absolutely. Okay, but yeah, let's get started because I do have, I do think that the, like, you can't talk about the Saturdays without talking about their contemporaries. And uh, yeah, I mean, it won't, it won't be, sh- it might come across as shady as well from my perspective,
1: even <laughs> though I do love Girls Aloud. Let's okay. get into it. <laughs> So we both love K-pop. So if you were describing the Saturdays as a K-pop group, who would take what role? I thought that would be a fun way to talk about each member.
2: Oh, that is very interesting. Okay, so of course Vanessa would be like the main vocalist because how could she not be? And then I believe that like the lead vocalist would be Una because Una like was basically that role. Um, What's her name? Uh, Frankie would be the visual for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no doubt about that. I feel like Molly would be sort of like a sub she would probably be designated as a rapper if she was a K-pop idol. Because really? she's because here's the thing. So she is not like a singer singer on the group. She is a sub-vocalist like Frankie, but because Frankie's the visual, she's saying a lot more than Molly got to do. But Molly's also not a dancer. So I think that she would have had to have been the rapper in that in that group if right. that was, like, a role, like, that she needed to have. And then I think that Rochelle, probably because she's Black, would probably be the dancer. But, <laughs> but also she would be the sub-vocalist and sub-rapper.
1: I hate hearing that she'd be the sub-vocalist because in my opinion, she's a lead vocalist for sure. I think they keep trying to make Una as, like, the lead vocalist happen, especially in their later works. And it's hit or miss for me. I do like Una's voice, but I feel like Rochelle just has a better voice is just a better singer for me
2: yeah i i agree like i do prefer listening to rochelle um but i would say that in their later album rochelle is actually probably more of a main vocalist than a sub vocalist uh mm. like if you if you listen to like because i did you know fr- prepare for this you know as a professional I guess. <laughs> but uh i went down memory road and i listened to every single album and every single song so that my rankings were like true And like, I remember what I really enjoyed about um, Living for the weekend is that Rochelle was singing lead because Vanessa had those voice issues and she just wasn't as reliable. And so if you notice for a lot of their songs, Rochelle sings so much more than like, if you compare like their first album to their last album, Rochelle is literally their lead vocalist in that
0: sense.
2: Uh, And and, but Una's just sort of stays the same. So I feel like Rochelle did sort of like, Improve like, like Taiman, she came in, you know, like being, you know, not being like a, a, a non singer, like in a sense, because Tayman was mostly a dancer in the beginning, right? right? But you know, she has definitely, she did improve and she just is, was always more the most consistent out of all of them, to yes, quite honest. So, uh, she she proved it and she was able to push you know for more lines and more presence in the future and and that's why you hear her so much more like you know leave a light on at least my love and stuff like that she is just so much more present in those songs
1: it's really unfortunate that you named songs i didn't like but i do understand (laughs) (laughs) where you're coming from and i love the tame comparison and i just love rochelle in general let's get into rochelle she is our favorite member she is
2: lady rush i like i'm older than rochelle but i look up to her because she is so put together Uh, i don't know how she has the energy to do all of the things that she's doing but and that's why i really do enjoy looking up to um and like getting inspiration more so from rochelle
1: what about you she is truly what a pop star is supposed to be Yes. With being polished, with being put together and still showing her personality, in my opinion. There's a way you need to show up and still be an honest person, but also be a good person and just be a professional. And I feel like she really embodies what you imagine a celebrity to be.
2: Yeah. Very, like, very polished. Yes. Very professional. But also, she does talk about things that matter to her and right. also that matter in the long run uh and then she she just she's not preachy I like that she just sort of like lives and leads by example versus right there's a lot of celebrities who say all the right thing but you don't see any examples of those yes things in your real life you know like like right. i like that she is very much like this is the life that I want. This is how I want to raise my kids. I know before she didn't want to show pictures of her kids. And it wasn't until like um, her eldest daughter got older and was like, how come we're not on Instagram that she kind of opened up to that. And she explained it, you know, and she's talking about, you know, curly hair and like being mixed race and things like that. And like having conversations about that with her kids. And I I really like that she, you know, she decides what she's going to share. Yes. And then she decides what she's not going to share. And um, she wasn't really big about showing pictures of her mom. uh, Because, you know, if you don't know, Rochelle's biracial. Her mother is white. And um, people were kind of weird about it. We talked about her being polished and, you know, graceful and things like that. She really did respond in a graceful manner. I would have been, like, a bit ruder. So she'd be (laughs) like... Talking about my mom, but, you know, (laughs) I am not Rochelle. So
1: (laughs) it's just another example of black social media not being honest. Like we keep saying we want to see different experiences of blackness. And then when somebody says this is my, you know, black experience, it's different then we have a problem.
2: Yeah, I definitely
1: agree. So So speaking of Rochelle, we did talk about this earlier that you are going to get her cookbook. Why is that?
2: Uh, because i love rochelle and also like her food always looks really good and i like i like how simple they seem like all the recipes seem to be like i am a lazy cook i'm gonna be very honest with that guys um if i can put everything in a pot and walk away and watch some tv that's how i, I choose to cook uh, but, <laughs> but her stuff always looks really like aesthetically pleasing And she's always like, yeah, it's simple. I did this. I did this. And now here's the food. So
1: So I'm not getting it because I just don't receive Rochelle as someone who can cook. Her and Aisha Curry both have that. They're both people that allegedly cook. I don't believe it. So I just can't. (laughs) I can't really picture them seasoning things or seasoning things enough. You know what though, I like
2: what I like about certain types of chefs and why I don't really need them to, you know, exude like I know how to cook vibes is that as long as you have like the basics for most recipes, you can remix it however you like.
1: that that is good advice from someone who cooks to the rest of us.
2: I would not say that I'm somebody who cooks. I just, you know, I, I
1: dabble <laughs> yes let's go to vanessa and her beautiful voice i'm glad you mentioned her vocal issues i was seeing comments of videos that like she's she's strained in this performance there's that there's this i was not aware of her vocal issues as i am more of a fan of them musically mm-hmm. than personally so once we get to that album kind of let us know when you think things took a turn Vanessa vocally but I did notice that she has two solo albums have you listened to them I listened to the
2: first one and I listened to like some of her features before that uh and then I kind of like she took a long break and so I was more so like out of sight out of mind kind of thing and then like I honestly I it was only actually earlier this year that I was like I realized that she was still on Instagram and I was like, oh, shoot, I should follow her. <laughs> so, <laughs> Like, yeah, it was very strange. And I mean, I don't know exactly what her vocal issues were, yeah. but I mean, literally to stay at Rochelle's house, she was like, you know, just going through things emotionally, but like Rochelle was really there for her to help her take a break and and sort of like get some help that she needed. There were a lot of times in, in like the group's history where people were missing. Yes. Um For, you know, mental health issues. We didn't know it at the time, but like, pe- they have been a lot more open about it now and talking about it since they got on hiatus or disbanded or whatever you want to call it. With regards to Vanessa, she was definitely going through something and it manifested with, you know, her struggling vocally. And that's why Rochelle did have to step up in the later parts of their their albums.
1: I love hearing that Rochelle was there. You just expect it from her. She very much gives, if there were a K-pop group, a leader, a true leader vibe. Of course, of course. Mother of the group, love it so much.
2: (laughs) But yeah, like Vanessa seems like she's doing very well, but she seems just to be enjoying herself a lot more now than she was when she was in the group. And I think there was a lot of pressure. Like I know we talk about K-pop pressure, but Every group, I think, fe- faces some sort of pressure to look a certain way and to be a certain way, regardless of where you're from. Especially if you're a girl in a girl group, right? It's just sort of like the name of the game, unfortunately. And like when when the group started, she was not a- what you would consider like a very thin person. Like yes. that would have been Frankie. That would have been Molly. That would have been like everybody actually, even Rochelle. Um, up to that point, like instead of Vanessa, but Vanessa had the voice. And right. I mean Vanessa's voice is just bananas. Like she is so freaking talented yeah. vocally. And like I uh, you know, we did talk about Girls Aloud. Okay, guys, we love Girls Aloud. Or like Girls love You know, we appreciate their music. I personally the the of the podcast. Yes, exactly. But if we're gonna compare um Nadine, Lady Nadine, and um Vanessa, I would actually pick Vanessa over her
1: in terms oh, of ability.
2: Sure. So I do feel like um, maybe, like, I do feel in one way, like, being in this group was the only way for her to have a career because she doesn't have, like, an ideal body type, I believe. Uh, but, you know, it would just, it's kind of, like, unfortunate, you know? Yes. Um you know and just about the state of like music you know right. but i do but also too like i don't think that there would be a saturdays without Vanessa. so it's 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 one of those two things those two truths you know like yeah it sucks that she knows she probably had to be in this girl band in order to have a career but also like this girl brand itself is amazing but it and it would not exist without her and without her voice her voice so
1: And besides body type, I do think it needs to be said as a Pacific Islander woman, she also didn't stand a chance because on the other side of, you know, someone like Nicole Scherzinger, who I will protect forever, you know, has the ideal body type, but has never had a career (laughs) as a solo artist. So there is just something about not allowing Asian women, at least, to be able to take off in the music industry. And I just find it incredibly frustrating
2: yeah no absolutely and i mean like it's insane how like nicole scherzinger had everything that you need to have like visually vocally and it's just like she never connected i actually assumed that she was just like a bad person to be honest like like i like not like not any shade to her but i was like there have like i mean obviously yes race is gonna and, and ethnicity is going to play a part in this but like there has to be some bad vibes around this girl because there's no way that she just doesn't she just never
1: popped like there's no oh, it's way surely karma but i it, it's interesting to me who karma affects the most because oh, i know I mean. that she's not the only diva of in course. hollywood of
2: course for of some course. reason it only affects, you know, certain types of people. Of right. course, <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah. So I mean, you, cheers to Rishal to sorry, Vanessa. Um, yes. And then I guess we can go to Una next.
1: You mentioned that you like her voice. I do as well. Um, what okay. about her voice draws you in?
2: I really like the tone that she has. It's not yes. like a very smooth tone. It is a bit gruff. I would right. say in comparison to the other members but i like that she has a strength to it and i love una specifically um i mean i love her in general but i do love her on their lives like their acoustic lives that they do a lot
0: yeah i
2: think that that's where she really excels uh and you can see like the singer songwriter in her and i think because saturdays like have always been really strong in terms of like acoustic performances that you know that is their wheelhouse because of her so I think that she is also just like an important member of that group. And I just love too that she she was an older idol in comparison to some of the younger members. I think around the Missing You era, she was like already in her 30s. You oh, know, yeah. she was, a, you know, a mom and pregnant and none of that really slowed her down.
1: I love and, that as yeah. well. Seeing all of them have kids, during yeah. the span of it. I, I just think pop stars need to be older in general. So seeing them be able to still experience life and be a group was refreshing to see
2: yeah exactly and she still is amazing like she takes care of herself for sure but also she's doing what she loves so she was doing a lot of like the voice um ireland and stuff like that so she was always very active and sort of you know making money and, and still being in the public eye after the saturdays took their break so i, I don't know i just really appreciate it um but what about you
1: I love her. I love the scratchiness of her voice as well. She really shines in their more pop rock songs, which, I, which yes. I wish they did more of, like Forever is Over, stuff like that. Yes. Her tone is so specific, which is a good and bad thing. I forgot which album it was, but I was like, I'm this close to listening to that country album. I'm this close. It could happen <laughs> at any time. She is really nailing it.
2: It's probably um, from. Is it On Your Radar?
1: Yes, it is. It's yeah. White Lies.
2: White Lies is one of my favorite songs from them. And also that ballad that they had on On Your Radar, um, Last Call, that's the song that I thought that she sounded really good on, so. um, Next would be, I don't know who you wanna do, Frankie,
1: Molly. You know, I wanna save Frankie for last because it is perplexing to me. Let's go to Molly. Um, (laughs) My favorite Molly moment. And I don't know if this is me, just because growing up around white women, I do. There are certain allowances I'll make. I wanted to know your thoughts on the Sean DePaul situation.
2: I what happened with Sean DePaul?
1: Well, she was she had Oh, she was pronouncing Sean Paul's name as Sean DePaul because thanks to her. Now I can't unhear it. She was hearing <laughs> Sean DePaul.
2: I mean, I get it. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it is really strange uh, that, you know, as somebody who also, I think she's like a radio DJ now for BBC, like, maybe that's something that she has, you know, evolved past, you know, to be more respectful of people who are different from her. Molly seems like she's a very quintessential British person.
1: Exactly. Uh,
2: And... I mean my major like perplexing thing about Molly is that she was dating sex god David Gandy and I didn't understand
1: it but <laughs> so you so you thought that was a step down for him so you... absolutely what <laughs> Molly is gorgeous is she <gasps> Molly okay mo-
2: okay like I'm not saying Molly's ugly I'm just saying that Molly looks like uh you know how back in the day a lot of british families sort of intermarried in no! like so i feel like there's a specific type of look that some british people have because of that and the royal family has it too and like i don't know i just feel like that has never been an attractive look to me personally uh, but, I mean, I do think that Molly is, you know, pretty girl. I think pers- her personality always came across as really fun to me and positive. Yes. So, and I think that's why she works now on, like, as a DJ online, on, on BBC, sorry. Uh, so, like, I, I do understand, like, why her career trajectory is what it is. But as I said, like, David Gandy is an actual sex god. This I'm going to have to look this guy
1: up. Or you might <laughs> going to have to send me a picture over Twitter because... Yes, <laughs> I think for most men, the term that term is just a strong ask. So I'm really looking forward to seeing can this jawline actually cut diamonds.
2: David
1: Candy. I just well, love well. To to music to incest allegations. So, well, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that she is definitely
2: a product of it. I'm just saying that there is a specific British look that certain people have that I assume is because they wanted to keep you know power and money in a very select circle of people and maybe I mean it's not like I'm saying her parents are related or anything it's just that like you know Princess Diana was related to Prince Charles if you go far back enough to the Duchess so it's kind of (laughs) like this is something that you know white people do not all white people obviously but historically speaking it's very strong it's very strongly hinted that this is like a norm so I'm just throwing that out there Uh, but that was who he dated they dated for a while and then they broke up and then they got back together
1: and I don't know this is not a turn that I was expecting so this is very very exciting is it like two villains going head to head but I'm supposed to kind of side with Sean Paul because he is the less white person looking into sean paul there seems like he's a part of a few things so i don't know if i'm supposed to receive him as a person of color and then they said on that um, bbc episode that he's like different than they expected so is, is there like a cultural appropriation thing that he kind of does and has it been called out for it I'm not really sure what the story with him is to feel like is it insensitivity on her part but because it's sean paul should i care
2: Uh, well I'll say that Sean Paul is definitely like a mixed race person um, who's very regularly seen in Jamaica um, because like Jamaica is after slavery they had indentured servants so from like British colonies so a lot of people from India and um, like China and things like that came over and so like there's a saying in Jamaica like out of many one people and it's basically like if you're born in Jamaica, you're Jamaican, regardless okay. of, like, your ethnicity and your racial breakdown. So, like, the things that you see from Sean Paul are basically just true to being Jamaican. <laughs> so,
1: okay. yeah. So Molly's wrong, wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, <yeah>, yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, Rihanna loves Barbados, Sean Paul loves Jamaica. But last and maybe least, why was Frankie the star of the group? Uh,
2: well, I was very often... T- like, saw in comments and things like that, that Frankie was very pretty. Uh, and, I mean, I think Frankie is, is definitely very pretty. I think all the girls are pretty. But I I don't know what it was. I honestly still to this day don't understand what it was that made Frankie even, like, sort of have the spotlight on her. Um, I honestly don't know. And, like, even vocally, like, a lot of people were just like, oh, well, she... You know, she's really good at, like, blending her voice with other people, even if she's not, like, a strong singer, and I'm just like, okay, but just, I never understood it either, Um, and I guess, too, also, because, like, I had known about Frankie and Rochelle through S Club Juniors, Mm. and she, like, she was in the group, and, like, but her and Rochelle were, I feel like they were, like, on equal standing in that group, so it was also very strange. I don't know, I just like it's not even just the fact that like she was like the center and she had like all this attention but then they kept cutting her hair and i thought that she looked so much better with long hair so it was a lot of confusing stuff surrounding frankie and i think that she probably had a bit of like um imposter syndrome maybe as well and that's probably what contributed to her like mental health issues because there, it was so much more attention on her. Yes. And you could see, like, she was nervous when she performed some of her own parts. So she was shaky. She was unsure. And it's like, you're supposed to be the lead. You're supposed to be the center. You're supposed to have all this experience because you were in S Club Juniors. So it's right. not like this is your first group. But it's it's lacking in some ways. So right. I don't know. I just, I never understood it either, to be quite honest. So some of those mysteries...
1: And I think that's what made me appreciate Rochelle more because she was clearly not positioned to be the star of the group, but you could tell that she knew what she had to offer. Every time she's in a music video, she knows her angle. She's looking incredible. And then I'm looking at Frankie, who's like, given this assignment and not completing it well.
2: Yeah, I will say, though, like, to be quite honest, like, If we are doing, like, a direct comparison to Little Mix and to, like, Girls Aloud, I will say what I think might have benefited those two groups, outside of just being, you know, part of these, like, reality competitions and having a built-in fan base, is that they were a lot more confident, like, when they were on stage. I feel like the Saturdays always sort of had, like, outside of when they were doing acoustic or just having a good time, I felt like that was their element. But once you introduce choreography to them, a lot of the time, they just weren't very confident or as confident as they should have been maybe a lot of audiences felt that lack of confidence and that kind of didn't make them want to maybe uh, become a fan Uh, you're supposed to be in awe of the people that you're seeing performing right right this is supposed to be something that's supposed to captivate you and i feel like sometimes like when i even when i watch saturdays perform and there's any anytime there's some sort of choreography involved i was just like you know they're they're not hitting it as well. I mean, they're not dancers obviously. And you didn't uh,
1: feel this way about Girls Aloud. Well, the thing
2: is, even if they were bad at it, they believed that they were good at it. <laughs> and that is a that is the difference. I mean, have you Okay, so when side when the Girls Aloud performed at Wembley and their concert, you can find it on YouTube online. And they did like this medley of like 80s sort of like OSTs and they did like I've got a feeling, um, Footloose and all this kind of stuff. I mean, Sarah who I personally like RIP Sarah, rest in peace, you know, who's not the strongest singer at all. Not the strongest no. dancer at all. She was basically a visual as well, right? But she po- always performed like she was that bitch. You oh, could yes. not tell her anything. Nadine no always performed like that. Yeah, na- yeah. N- Nadine always performed like she was that bitch. And I, you never felt that like when um, Vanessa was performing or yeah. when... The girls were performing as a group so and and i just want to specify that's when choreo is included i feel like when they were doing lives where they were just performing like just singing in a mic and moving around and having a good time definitely you can feel the confidence a lot more from them
1: i completely agree and that's sort of my gripe with k-pop is that there's not enough stress on being able to harmonize in harmonies and i feel like that's what the saturdays do very well especially yes. in their acoustic performances did we need One Direction to come out and say, like, you don't need choreo? Like, I feel like this should have been something that groups knew before. Like, if you're not good at choreo, you don't have to do it.
2: Yeah, Why but it we though? needed we needed a boy group to tell us because that's how this world works, unfortunately.
1: Gross. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah. So what do we want to go to next? Okay, this is gonna, probably going to be Not our last controversial thing, but I did, we have mentioned some other girl groups and I wanted to know what was your ranking of the four big British girl groups. The Spice Girls, Girls Aloud, The Saturdays, and Little Mix. And I do feel before this, maybe in your mind, we have to take Spice Girls down from God level, down to earth with the other groups.
2: I haven't gotten into (laughs) Spice Girls, even though I was a kid, even though I was a kid when they came out and I was like their ideal market, for girl power at the time as like a kid, preteen, whatever. I never like was that into them. Like I knew they had good songs and I did enjoy their music from time to time, but I never really got into the Spice Girls, if you know what I mean? And so, uh, I never, I've never really had them in that huge high regard as like a lot of people do who are like, that's my childhood. That was, you know, like my thing. I was like sporty Spice or anything like I was never one of those people. Uh, so, is this based on like m- just my personal preference, like only what I enjoy the most? Yes. Okay, so then that's, that's fairly easy. So it would be uh, the Saturday's Little Mix, Girls Aloud, and then Spice Girls. Well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might have to put Girl- Spice Girls on the bottom too with all due respect, they are the music that I've engaged with the least. Like I respect the Spice Girls as a cultural phenomenon. I love them as performers, and I really think they set the stage as a girl group having fun and having distinct personalities. Yes. But they're the music that I enjoy the least because I haven't listened to most of it. Um, Probably first is definitely the Saturdays. I think they have better music than Little Mix. I feel like Little Mix is too focused on the US and I think they need to realize that people listen to them because they're doing, because British pop is different. British pop is fun. They usually have more like dance style music. And I think that that was when Little Mix was the best personally in their earlier music. And then sometimes when they try to lean more R&B, it just doesn't work for me. And then Girls Aloud, I like Girls Aloud because, you know, they're British pop and sometimes like K-pop. British pop, you know, is just weird or it's just, I should say, different to me and what I've been exposed to through American pop. And so Mm -hmm. I like that. But their music doesn't make sense. And sometimes the Saturdays lyrics don't make sense either, but they make it work through just having smoother music to me. But Girls Aloud really is. I don't know. Like I didn't grow up with girls allowed, but there is a nostalgia to them that I yeah. just, that i just received the propaganda. And I said, okay, they're my, <laughs> they're my group of my childhood too, even though that's not the case. And then lastly, Spice Girls.
2: Yeah. I, I would say like, for all these groups, that, there are, like, iconic songs, obviously, like, yes. you know, karaoke songs, whatever. But, like, for me, like, I remember when Sound of the Underground came out, and I thought, I always thought it was a great song. And then, um, but it didn't, It like, for me, I didn't actually get that into Girls Aloud until um, Call the Shots came out. And that's so so my good. favorite song from them, to be quite honest. And then I kind of backtracked from there and I was like, OK, let me ch-, like this is the impetus to sort of check out the music that they make. And I agree it is clunky, but I think it's because they worked a lot with that gr- that writing group, um, Stereophonics or something like that. I can't remember. But they also did um, music for the Saturdays. Like they, I think they did um, like Notorious, maybe. And like uh all fired up or something like that but uh like if love machine comes on like that's my crack lyrics don't make sense I love it. (laughs) i love it it's such a fun song to sing and to dance to and with little mix i i like i don't know like i feel like there was a prime in the middle of their career that i kind of fell off of them i like their beginning but like there was a period in between where like black magic era i think where i just was not really into them as much
1: see i love black magic i'm glad we're talking about our differences now yeah <laughs> yeah i just I love like, Salou. i love move like that's
2: that's my era i like move because i remember being on tumblr and like move was a, an era upon itself to be quite yes. honest at that time uh but if you look at any of the songs i like i listen to from little mix it's like i listen to um wings and i'll listen to dna and change your life and then i just jump (laughs) to To, like glory days not shout out to my ex i hated that song but i liked like power you know no more sad songs those kind of stuff i kind of jumped to that and then lm5 obviously i still listen to that very heavily and confetti as well like happiness is one of my favorite songs that i listened to this year so
1: yeah this kind of seems to tie into your experience from at least your rankings of the Saturdays as well. It seems that like you prefer their later music, like on your radar, living for the weekend over their earlier stuff. Uh,
2: yeah, and no, I think that their B sides got stronger, and I think that's why it sort of reflected the way that it did. Because I hate "Gentlemen." I think Gentleman is like one of the songs from the Saturdays that I actually can say that I hate. Oh, yeah, and um, that was a like a, a sort of a title track that they had released, right? What? Yeah, they have a music video for it and everything. Like, I think it was like the second single off of that last album. It's not the last, yeah, their last album, um, Living for the Weekend. So, it's one of those things where like their B sides got so much stronger to me uh, as they, you know, maybe had more input on the music that they wanted to make. And they went like a, the pop sort of like EDM kind of route as well, too, which I thought worked really well for them in comparison to some of, like, the more bubblegum pop that they were doing at the beginning of their career. So I, I feel like there, there are so many different, like, reasons that kind of go into that. So, um, yeah, I mean, what about you? Do you, I didn't see your ranking, so I don't know <laughs> if it's but the same for you.
1: Let's get into that.
0: This is my music haul. I can't wait to share the music that's newish to me. The music that I've mentioned and purchased will be available in the Spotify playlist that you can find in my link tree in the description below. Uh,
2: uh yeah, how do you want to get into it? Like album by
1: album? I think album my album is probably the best. I was laughing aloud when you were sending me these rankings because they were so different from mine.
2: That is actually really funny. Okay, so I'm going to put up Chasing Lights. Yes. And um, it was actually really fun going back to this album because I hadn't listened to the album as a full thing in a while. Like I listened to Up uh, fairly often still and I really like Cooper. So Um, but I hadn't actually gone back and listened to it and I hadn't actually gone back and watched to like shout out to Christy the Saturdays on YouTube who literally went to like every tour (laughs) that they've ever been to and recorded it so like she was the person that kept me as a sad sped in the beginning of their career because they were just like British bound at that time right there wasn't the same access that we have right now uh, in terms of streaming and things like that so I was able to sort of keep up with all their live performances and stuff like that through that YouTube page and so I did go back to her page and thankfully it's still up and i was able to watch a lot of these live performances again which is fun
1: so you know allegedly christy has these tours up i don't want anyone to take these down so you know does she have them up (laughs) we have no idea exactly (laughs) so i had a lot of questions from seeing your rankings so i just want to go through those and i think that will help us walk through our opinions of each of the albums Sure. First, I'll introduce the tiers. Our first tier is Vanessa's Golden Voice. It's a song we absolutely love. Rochelle's Beauty, in my opinion, second tier songs are songs that I would prefer to be singles or things that are just definitely going to be on repeat on my playlist. Mm -hmm. The third tier, Molly's Cultural Insensitivity. I don't know if it's going to make the playlist or not. I have thoughts. So it's a hit or miss. The fourth tier, Frankie's pixie cut. While you like Frankie's longer hair, I did prefer her Victoria Beckham era. And I hated her pixie cut near the end. I just thought it was just not flattering to her at all. I agree. And last but, you know, not necessarily least, Una's country music. It's just something we haven't listened to. Just something we won't give a second thought to. But it's not necessarily bad. It's just not something that I'm just... We're not going to circle back. We're just going to move forward, or as the girls would say, that we're just going to go up.
2: Exactly, exactly, up from there.
1: You'll see this eventually on YouTube, but we have very different opinions on what should be top tier single. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. You know, invited you to the podcast because I thought we had you know similar political views from what you like on Twitter. But it seems that like there's a strain of homophobia on your side. I just want to invite you to the red table to talk it through. How can you hate the gay anthem if this is love? Okay, first of all, I have never seen a good
2: performance of it, and I think that really did color my my preference of the song. And also, to Rochelle in it, her note is just too high, and so it doesn't sound good in. Re- the recording and then it doesn't sound good live either so that is my problem i will say that um maybe i would put why me why now up a little bit i personally i don't hate the song i just felt it was so out of place on their first album that it just was a bit jarring to me and it has always been like that because it's like this throwback sort of um old school girl group song and it just felt like out of place and I think that was like morbid yeah but they do I like as I said I think a lot of my issues with some of their songs on especially in the early parts of their careers, that like I saw you know through YouTube their lives of it and some of it just wasn't that great so it kind of turned me off of the songs a bit okay yeah and I think that is really what it is because I feel like if this is love was definitely one of those options where I was just like hmm Vulnerable I never liked, but I feel like we both kind of put it low, and then Why Me Why Now could all could go up or could go down, but yeah.
1: I love any a girl group decides to go old school. I was going to ask what your issue is with the post office, because I was getting my Mr. Postman on with that song. I was doing the gr- old girl group move <laughs> in the mirror and everything, so I loved any time. And the Saturdays just give me that girly pop music. Mm-hmm. That I feel is missing. I enjoy a Girl Crush concept, but maybe with K-pop, I feel like I've been exposed to it too much. So the Saturdays, if they were a K-pop group, I would put them in like that fairy category of like it's cutesy, but like mature, yes. and just maybe leaning towards elegant EDM with their later stuff. So I I like anytime you know girl groups get even girlier, but that's just that's just a preference thing for me. I forgot to include Just Can't Get Enough.
2: I mean, the song itself, I've never really been that huge a fan of. So, Saturdays doing it, even for a good cause, I was just like, eh, it's okay.
1: <laughs> oh, what are their songs for, what is it? What do they do, like, r- The Red Nose?
2: Yeah, exactly. And I feel like you went from, like, Girls Aloud and Sugar Babes doing a collaboration mm. to Saturdays doing you Just Can't Get Enough. It felt, mm, like... And I love the girls, but it just felt like not the right move. I felt like they should have done something a little bit stronger than that. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: And it was unfortunate. Like, I would have loved to see a really good cover from the girls because Jump is one of my favorite Girls Aloud songs. Yeah. So it would. And I think that collectively, the Saturdays are a bit more talented in the voice department. So it would have been nice to see what they could do with a cover that fit them a bit better.
2: Well, I mean, that's one of the things I really love about them was their covers. So they've done like Beggin, they did um, Bruno Mars' Love, I think, um, The Way You Are. They've done so many Ashley covers. They did On the Radio, um, that Donna Summer song. Like there are so many covers from the girls and they have um, done fantastic jobs and almost like basically everything except for Just Can't Get Enough, (laughs) unfortunately.
1: (laughs) I'm definitely going to do a deeper dive. I I look forward to checking out these covers and linking them down below so that people can see more of their talent. Yeah. I saw that you love up and work, and I want you to explain why. So
2: up is up is just a fun, fun song. I love listening to it. I love singing along to it. I as I said, this was the first Saturday song that I ever heard, and it was just like Wow, what is this? (laughs) So, I have always been an UP fan. I will always be an UP fan. I don't know, I can't even really explain it. I just really, really love that song. I think it's, I just think it's so much fun. It's such a unique sound um, in terms of like the instrumental. So I've always liked it. With work, not I, I put it in Rochelle's beauty because I do like work. I don't think that work is like their strongest song. I understand why they did make it like an official single, like, but not like the lead single. That was actually one of the songs where they were actually pretty confident, uh, like just when they were singing it and when you see some of the performances of it. So I enjoy it. Once again, it's just like a fun song that is, you know, a big girl powery. So I like that.
1: And I'm all about girl power as well, but these just felt like, these felt more like girl boss songs. Yeah. They just felt, they just felt a little tiring to listen to. Like for me, it just felt like a bit too much. Yeah. I think I like songs that just groove a bit easier. So up and work just never really clicked for me. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, you like, you put fall and if this is love in the Vanessa's Golden
1: Voice.
2: Yes. Yes, uh, so, which are very different. Uh, just to let you know, Issues is a song we both agreed on.
1: Of <laughs> but... course, it's just perfection. And speaking of Una, her voice really shine in that bridge.
2: It absolutely, absolutely did. So, but yeah, so I I like Fall. As you can see, it's in Rochelle's Beauty, but uh, like what, what sort of elevated those songs over the other ones?
1: Just feel like the moment I turn on Issues or Fall, like, they just come to memory, they're easy to sing, they're fun to sing, and they just sound good. There are songs that are good in your head, and you're like, I should like it, but they just don't hit your heart the same. And I feel like Issues and Fall are just both really good at doing that. Yeah, I get that. Okay.
2: And I guess just to, like, round it out, I think Vulnerable was a song we both did not like. (laughs) Like,
1: that's a song that we did agree on. I just felt like, even now, I can't really bring vulnerable to mind, but I I know I enjoyed listening to it. I just, it's one of those head songs where I'm just like, this is good, right? But I'm not going to buy this.
2: It's a forgettable, decent song. That's basically how I see it.
1: How would you rate Chasing Lights out of 10 colored tights?
2: Um, I would give it maybe like a 7. I feel like there are definitely strengths, but I feel like the album itself is not as cohesive as I like. I prefer cohesive albums. I I like eras that are similar, and I felt like there were just too many different things going on there on that album. Uh, So I would say maybe like a 7.5, which I think is fair. What about you?
1: I rated this pretty high. I rated this 8.5 out of 10. I took off one for... Half a point for loud songs for me up in work. And then yeah. I took 0.5 off because I hate long albums. Say what you need to say in 10 songs or less. Preferably yeah. less. Yeah. So I just felt like songs like Just Can't Get Enough or Vulnerable, like we don't need those here. Yes. So it was 8.5 for me. But I did feel like that was a pretty strong debut.
2: Oh, absolutely. Album. Absolutely. I think it really showed the potential of the girls. So yeah but yes let's go on to the next
1: album word shaker my personal favorite as you can see from my ranking i loved all these songs so much yeah i feel like
2: this is like my most like polarizing album because it had stuff that I really loved but it also had stuff that I was not a huge fan of so like you had nothing in Vanessa's golden voice though
1: no because for me my thought process throughout all these albums is do I like a song as much as if this is love
2: mm, I see and I see.
1: nothing else just seemed to touch that song for me I see I did want to know about some of your top tier songs or here standing and not good enough.
2: I like ballads. I'll throw that out there. Like I'm, a, I am definitely a ballad person, and I like emotional songs about people doing people wrong for the most part. <laughs> so not so not good enough was always going to be like that. And Rochelle and like, um. Vanessa like in the chorus is just such a powerhouse Yeah uh, So I really do enjoy that song Here Standing is another one of those songs I think also too because they perform this song for like Remembrance Day So there's like a lot of like emotional connection to it as well too With like the poppies and like all that kind of stuff that we do like I guess being former British colonies and whatnot um, So we share a lot of like those sort of traditions So I right. think that was also why um and I think, too, they just sound really good. Like, if you've ever heard a live of hair Standing, they sound so good on it. And so that was also one of my favorite songs from them.
1: Now I feel bad for just putting Here Standing on the second tier. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I enjoy Not Good Enough. But it kind of washed over me. Mm-hmm. So that's why I put it on the third tier. That's fine. Speaking of top tier, though, we both love Ego. If yes. I wanted to know whose power would you want From the MV
2: Oh Okay I'm not going to talk about power But I really like Rochelle's outfit
1: <laughs> You look so good In that blue
2: Exactly so that's actually what I remember More from the MV Than the actual fact that they had powers Is the fact that Rochelle's outfit was so boss Like I loved it Yes <laughs> And then she had that short hair on top of it. Like, it was amazing.
1: It was incredible. It kind of reminded me of Sky High. Yes! <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> that was my first song that I found from them, and she just stood out. Just completely Yes, blew me away. And I said, who is this? There's a Black girl in a girl group. I'm here. <laughs> I realized I'm kind of debating whether the Saturdays is truly a feminist group, because... Some of the lyrics are really problematic, and so I just wanted to know what are some of your favorite problematic songs from The Saturdays? "Open Up" is my favorite. I was about
2: to say "Open Up," <laughs> like I remember when I first heard it. I was like, "Hmm, this sounds very strange." <laughs> like, this sounds very not-me-like behavior, but also the song is fun. It's fun. It's not my yeah. favorite song, obviously. Like Obviously, I put it in the bottom. I didn't put it on the bottom because I hated it. I just put it on the bottom because it's not, like... Because it does have problematic lyrics, basically. But it is You're a fun a song. Person. It's like yeah. a for movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is a fun song. So, like, I get it. But I think that, yeah, that song is probably one of their more maybe 2 a.m. as well like I can't remember yeah. exactly like like I know I remember the gist of it but I can't remember like exactly the lyric by lyric break breakdown for that song but I feel like that's also kind of not the greatest uh lyrically I mean do what you want with me probably some people would say that's not very feminist yes. but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't care I love that song too so <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was going to open up and just being like, if a boy group sang this song, would they have another album? <laughs> like, I don't under. So, I mean, boy group stands uh, would probably
2: love it. They would have say them. like, I, I co-signed this behavior. So, OK. <laughs> she deserved it. I'd open up for him. Exactly. Exactly. So who knows?
1: So we can both agree that deeper didn't need to happen. But I, I didn't hate it as much as you. I did not like it. It's funny because it, none of these songs sound bad to me, to be
2: quite right. honest with you. So that's why like, I can't say that I hate them like I hate gentlemen. But I do feel like they just didn't click and they were easily forgettable. Mm. So, so how did this compare to Chasing Lights? I feel like this was... I feel like it was a bit more cohesive as an album. And because this album had... Ego and Forever is over and Word Shaker. I feel like those were a bit more girl boss songs, like you mentioned from before, versus Chasing Lights, where I felt like they they didn't have that. They they were right. a bit more softer and vulnerable on that album, uh, in comparison to this one, where like you had Open Up and lose control and not good enough like these are like a very more assertive songs i think so i think that the the mood and the energy was different but also i remember when this album dropped and nobody knew it dropped it was so crazy it was like forever is over the music video came out Everyone was like shouldn't you tell us when an album's gonna drop like what and so that whole era was kind of like really funny because it was very confusing for a lot of people uh, but, <laughs> but it's i i really do enjoy like from the songs from this time frame. Just as I said, some of them were a bit more forgettable.
1: I love that they were a new girl group that didn't bother to tell anyone when their, when their album dropped the confidence of their marketing team, at least. They'll like it. It's fine. <laughs> and that's disappointing because I feel like this could have been more commercially, you know, appealing.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. And that's why some of these songs are the songs that they always perform. Uh um, like when they do Radio 1's Weekend, Big Weekend or whatnot like these are the songs, Forever Is Over is a song that they they do perform all the time and like their more recent concerts if they do Up they do like a remix version or something like that but they always do Forever Is Over as a song and, and they do Ego as well too so I think those are more staples right. like Issues and like Up are their intro so I think those have nostalgic value more so but yeah. like
1: these are more staple songs Um, How would you rate this out of 10 super suits?
2: I would put it at an 8.5. I do enjoy this album a lot. And as I said, I feel like their staples are on this album a lot more. So it would be an 8.5 for me.
1: So speaking of being commercially successful, the girls decided to make their way to the States. Yes. And maybe Canada, you were a fan at that time. So how did you feel when they were coming over here?
2: I still regret to this day that I didn't go to New York to see them when they performed. I had a lot of stuff going on at the time. So I just, it it just wasn't an option for me, but I kind of wish that I had just like thrown it all away and been like, fuck that. Let me get my credit card out and Get me a concert ticket uh, But uh, I, I Liked the music of this era I do feel like they were Kind of all over the place because they were Chasing sort of like the American Validation uh, But I felt also too like you don't Really even have British validation so maybe You should just <laughs> put a pause On that and so I mean I, I like that they were Trying to do something you know To get their name out there more and that they were Working hard at it just felt like it was a bit disorganized personally
1: this musically was very confusing to me because you can you can see the songs that they choose to include for western validation but also why include old songs like that you just felt like a lack of effort
2: yeah headlines itself was kind of strange first they were pushing for a number one hit in england (laughs) which had eluded them for um a lot of their career and then so they also sort of combined that with their american sort of push so it was like they were chasing two different things right i thought they had different paths that they should have taken for both of those things and they tried to con- cons- consolidate it into one goal and i think that's why it was so confusing during the headlines era and but they were also, like, they were becoming more popular. They were able to do it because they, like, the quality of their tour improved a lot around this era. So, like, I can definitely see how there were some pros to what they were doing. But, yeah, I don't know. Musically, I do agree. It was very, very confusing. And, like, this album kind of comes across as, like, a greatest hits slash EP,
1: you know? Like, a yes. new EP. So... So I would just think as like an existing fan, you think like, are they, are they breaking up? Like, why are they, why do they have old songs? And also like, if it's something new, like I would kind of feel a little salty. Like if you want to truly appeal to me, why wouldn't you put in a little bit more effort? It would kind of be like, I'm not sure what's happening. And also I don't like any of it. <laughs> Well, it seems like you did
2: a bit more because everything's in Rochelle or Molly's section. (laughs) Well, I mean, they
1: included the right songs for the most part. I'm not sure why Deeper cannot die.
2: I don't get it either. I feel like I have maybe not even seen a live of that song either. So it's kind of strange that that made its way
1: onto this album as well. (laughs) Do you think it kind of sounds like, like a positive version of Take A Bow? And maybe that's why? Like that kind of slow, snapping ballad.
2: Maybe, but I honestly cannot even recall deeper at this moment. I know it exists, but how it exists, I cannot even pull it up for you right now, to be quite honest. So maybe.
1: So let's talk about the single from this album, which both of us love, Higher. Yes. And I was wondering, do you think another feature from Flo- that Flo Rida has done has had equal or greater cultural impact than his work on Higher?
2: <laughs> i think that the story about it is actually really fun in the fact that he literally cock blocked their previous attempt at number one so him getting on this was actually like really a lot of fun for that reason and that's why i always also have like a special place in my heart for this not just because i love the song because i really absolutely do love the song and then like his his intro like Una was it molly una rochelle it's frankie molly una
1: molly vanessa rochelle Rochelle, Rochelle,
2: Rochelle. what you you doing saturday girl i'm
1: doing nothing
2: like i love that part how it kind of like and how it wasn't a lazy feature i mean i think i've been in k-pop so long that i'm just expecting lazy features (laughs) but this feature was so perfect in that sense yes yeah, so that's that's kind of my take on like higher, and I mean I love the song. It's so much fun. Everybody sounds great. It's mm-hmm. it, it's another one of those staple songs for them, in my opinion.
1: Rochelle's iconic introduction in the second verse is just it just gives me chills every time. So you can tell them, and it's like yes, Rochelle. Tell <laughs> them. But yeah, higher, and
2: you know they're eventual. Number one, what about us? They're just iconic.
1: So I was thinking that instead of putting in songs from Word Shaker on the album that maybe we could have we could have had like individual songs like each girl does a cover each girl has like their own song so what cover would you want to hear from each girl?
2: Okay so on the headlines tour they did like a shut up and drive I kissed a girl cover and it was fantastic it was like a medley so I feel like they should have done some Rihanna covers because it seemed like that was who was very popular, like, obviously Rihanna was very, has always been really popular, but, um, that era specifically was like the Rihanna era, I would say. And so I feel like I would love to see them do those types of covers. Right. Uh, I know that like Uno would probably want to do more like, uh, maybe acoustic sort of song in comparison. Uh, but honestly I don't see the girls like in a solo light to be honest with you I feel like they're so strong as a group that I don't really want solo music really from them I feel like their strength is as a group they produce the best music or maybe music that's more of my taste when they're together than when they were apart what about you who would you or what would you like to hear them do solo
1: I like when girl group members go solo I like supporting female artists in general so I just feel mm-hmm. like we get more music And I think that it gives the girls, like, more confidence when coming back to the group. Like, I've had that moment of being able to express myself musically, and now I have this additional experience I can add to the group. I do like being able to see, like, what each girl's taste is, especially when I personally stand the group and I do want to get to know more of the members then I'm excited to see like oh I wonder what this girl is gonna do and does it match to what I think the girl should do solo I just like doing that so okay. with these girls I I agree with you that Una would do something that's more acoustic or country like Harry Underwood's Before He Cheats but I also like her more like less traditional pause I, was also, I also listed Gwen Stefani's Great Escape as well okay I can see that
2: I just see I, Molly doing something like that too,
1: though. Well, the blonde I chose for Molly was Jessica Simpson's "Public Affair." I think that's a very fun pop song, and I also I always wish that Jessica Simpson had performed it di- differently. She tended to add that Marilyn Monroe quality that didn't quite work for her to her vocal performance. Uh, so,
2: okay.
1: If Jessica okay. never re you know never re records, maybe Molly could have had a shot. <laughs> um, with Vanessa, I said Adele's "Rolling in the Deep." Ah, that would be perfect for her. And Rochelle, I like Jennifer Hudson's Spotlight, and I felt like that would give Rochelle a chance to kind of go into her lower range but still do something soulful as Mm -hmm. well. And with Frankie, you know, I'm not really sure where to place her vocally, so I thought that Fergie's London Bridge would be something fun.
2: Yeah, or something from Cheryl Cole, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) that would probably be around what I would would say would be perfect for her.
1: and would just see original songs for headlines. How would you rate this out of? I was wondering what rating system you would prefer. I have either neon lights or attempts to steal America's heart. <laughs> attempts
2: to steal America's hearts. Yes.
1: Okay. How so, many would you give it?
2: Let's see. So the new songs on this are higher, Karma, Died in Your Eyes, and Puppet.
1: Oh, that's and a not- problematic gem, missing you.
2: Oh shoot! I totally forgot. I love missing you. That's my favorite, one of my favorite songs from them. Um, okay, so I would probably put it in the eight point five sphere as well. Okay. No, I give yeah, I would yeah, I would give it an eight point five because it. I really do enjoy dying your eyes. I love missing yes. you and higher. I like karma, but. It's not as strong as the other songs, and same with Puppet. I like those two songs. I really like how they performed it on their tour, but it's not as strong as the songs that I mentioned before. So,
1: I really enjoyed Higher in Karma. I, I did suddenly have principles when ranking this album, so I did put Missing You a little bit lower. Right. <laughs> <Rating, laughs> I was so like, strange. maybe I should. I, I would better. say,
2: okay. Here's my thing with Missing You: the music video gorgeous pretty always reminds me of summer it's fun whatever vocally it is one of their strongest songs and i think it's one of their most well put together songs if you think about the production like the chorus leads being vanessa and then una and then rochelle and then like how their voice they come together in the climax and like that and then with rochelle and and um vanessa sort of singing together at the end like those are always going to be m- some of my favorite production notes on any saturday's album and any saturday song the only place that they flopped was having frankie sing the first verse for some reason and then having that metallic tang on her voice a bit like it it didn't work for me in that sense but missing you is always going to be like for the other girls one of their strongest songs for sure yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> what is your strategy for finding out when Frankie sings? Because I often get her confused with Molly.
2: Oh, I mean, I can tell Frankie's
1: voice. <laughs>
2: so, <laughs> I can actually tell when Frankie is supporting another member, like vocally. So. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> this is a true member of Team Sats, y'all. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I'd be like, oh, well, Molly's doing really good here. And then I'm like, oh, well, I guess it's Frankie's doing really, really good here. When yeah.
2: I think Molly has a specific sort of tone as well too yeah. that I can kind of lean into like she has a tone where I don't think Frankie even has a tone so that's I think okay. that also happens yeah I think that's also like a very good indicator but just know too like anytime you hear like two voices on the same like note or whatnot it's Frankie and somebody else because Frankie <laughs> Frankie like literally Frankie is like a I think her her real job is really to be there supporting other people for whatever reason. Uh, so I mean, it I guess it sounds good like on the album, but when you hear the lives, it's not as good because Frankie's just she's very uncertain, I guess, or nervous or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I that's my take on both of the voices.
1: <laughs> See, I wanted you to be the one to say it. I feel like Molly has a, kind of like a reedy, like the only artist I can think that had it has this is like a. I don't know if you listen to Much Country, but like a Brad Paisley, like that like reedy, it's like very thin, kinda nasally. Okay. Tone. Like huh. that's that's how I that's how I can tell when it's Molly. And then uh, when I when I hear like a voice that's, you know, not as resident, but doesn't have that nasal quality, I'm like, maybe it's Frankie this time. Maybe I'm gonna <laughs> finally get it right. So I mean, <laughs> you were the one that said Frankie doesn't have a tone, so. Y'all go after her. I'm just kidding. Don't go after anyone. Um, second to last album, On Your Radar. You mentioned that this is your favorite album, even though you had a lot of different opinions.
2: I do, only <laughs> because you had Supreme songs on this album, and the other songs had to compare to those yes. songs.
1: Thank you so much for doing this with me. I'll edit this out if you feel put on the spot, but no, no, no. I talked about I- Girls Aloud a lot and I would love to just go through their albums and this time I'm gonna do it right and watch the music videos because there was so much about the Saturdays that I didn't know. And Kim has that book where she allegedly talks about not liking Nadine.
2: Okay, so I actually have both uh, Cheryl and um, what's her name? I can't remember her name. The other one. Uh, Kim. Is it Kim? Is it Kim? Kimberly? Oh, Kimberly. Yes. I just never think of her as a Kim. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just never like she always looks like a Kimberly to me. But yes, uh, I have I have actually I have both of those books and I've read them. So I have I'll go back and I'll reread them. But yeah, I'm not surprised about that. As I said, Kimberly, uh, Cheryl, and Nicola, like they seem like the tightest of the type. Right. And so it did seem a bit like on their Greatest Hits tour, especially like it was those three and then the other two. So I'm not surprised about that. I would love to do a Girls Aloud album um, or just like Girls Aloud introspective. It would be a lot of fun. I love Girls Aloud. Obviously, like I don't really like them that much as people to be quite honest with you, but I love their music and I love like watching their concerts and their b-sides and stuff like that as well too. they um, out of control era, was fantastic. Uh, I really loved what they did with the greatest hits as well. Love Machine is crack, <laughs> like it absolutely is. So it's that's definitely good. something you can keep it on here. You can keep this on, you don't have to cut it if you don't want to, but okay. like, yeah, I definitely would be down for a Girls allowed introspective. We could even do a Girls Generation introspective. I am equal opportunity for all girls groups. I feel like it's, they're so underrated.
1: <laughs> and
0: they're
2: so talented and they do, they do so, I, I personally feel like they're much more ambitious and willing to try things creatively um, versus boy groups my personal opinion on it. I feel boy groups are more likely to pick one sound or whatnot and continue with that for the rest of their career and then shun things that they don't think are cute or cool. Whereas girl groups have to adapt a lot more. So I definitely would love to talk about all the girl groups, (laughs) all of them on the planet. Every single one, yes.
1: I'm glad to hear it. You are preaching to the choir. I don't know if this is controversial, but my K-pop opinion has always been that the sexy girl groups make the best K-pop. I just love meeting somebody else that just loves girl groups as much as I do and wants to listen to and talk about all of them.
2: I love girl groups. I mean, I personally think that I would have agreed with you, I think, maybe like five years ago about that. But I think when I got into Oh My Girl and when I got into A Pink and I got into softer more uh, less girl crush vibes i think my my opinion on that definitely changed a lot because getting into i guess more quote unquote girly groups and seeing like the strength in that and just like the versatility also in that era like has also sort of really changed my mind about that so
1: and, fa- and those like girly like fairy whatever you want to call them they don't get the same amount of love and respect and it's just like this is remember is a top tier song absolutely mr Chu oh, come um, on. i
2: love like i feel like a pink is a pink is popular so I mean I wouldn't really say that they're like quote-unquote that underrated because they are very very popular successful group but i do feel like people tend to remember girl crush concepts a lot more than they do uh like people like okay obviously into the new world by girls generation is like you know iconic it's like an activism song at this point so i'm not going to talk about that but i would argue that kissing you is better than a lot of the songs they came out with after that (laughs) and kissing you is literally just like your quote unquote fairy girly girly concept, yes. whatever you want to talk, whatever you want to call it, that is that song, and I love it to bits. I think it's such a fun song, and I would listen to that song better than some of the like later, you know, quote unquote maybe girl crush, maybe like fierce. Like um, what's that these What's the song that they came up with? Um, with party. Oh, uh, um,
1: you have so much beef with you think, and you gotta leave it alone. You think it's a terrible, terrible, terrible song. Soyeon is screaming and it's fine. Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think I wouldn't feel that way if Lionheart wasn't such a great album and they didn't have so many other songs to choose from. I think I wouldn't feel as passionate about it as I did if I didn't have to deal with the fact that, like, Lionheart Arrow had such a good song. It's
1: like, their best Korean album. Oh,
2: I mean, hands down. Like, absolutely. I don't think that should even be up for debate, guys. <laughs> but, you know, I guess people would probably try to make, um, I guess an argument for, what, the boys? Album? I think so. Or, yeah. <laughs> but yes, back to the Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you again for going over most of their songs with me. Yeah. This has given me just so much understanding of the group and I just look forward to looking at all those lives you suggested and you know, watching some of their content that are allegedly posted on YouTube. I don't know, who knows?
2: <laughs> yes, as I said, they excel in the side space. Obviously there was an era where Vanessa did struggle so you gotta be mindful of that but there's something about them performing live and just having a good time and sounding great at the same time. It's just, I know, it's just good quality music. And I think we're all in it really just for good quality music at yes. the end of the day. So they deliver on that.
1: And they also have music that's perfect for your 20s.
2: Yes, yes. Actually, you know, going back to some of their songs, I, I understood why I got into them in my 20s and why they were so mm. like huge uh, and now that I'm in my 30s you know I like my mid-30s at that I'm kind of just like huh like I was kind of like you know sometimes you're worried if you're not going to be able to connect to things as much because you're not that age it's like sometimes I listen to NSYNC and I'm like yeah this was a great song when I was like 14 (laughs) (laughs) but also I do oh I do have a best of NSYNC playlist as well actually and I still listen to NSYNC quite regularly so i mean maybe for me age is more of a feeling at the end of the day because i listen to these songs and i was like i still connect to them sometimes it is more nostalgia than anything else but i still connect to them and you know sometimes a song doesn't have to be about you to be for you so that's the way i look at it
1: that felt like an indirect read to someone not me well
2: this is more about the topic at hand yes (laughs) But yeah, I would I mean, I'm hoping for a comeback So we'll see
1: Thank you again, guys Check out Nat On Nyan social media As well as Soju Chronicles Can you give us the rundown of where we can find you?
2: Yes, so you can find me At uh, Nyan Which is N-Y-A-N-E-T-I-Z-E-N-S That's Nyan Edison's on Twitter And that's for a K-pop podcast That I am a part of or you can, And you can also find me on Soju Chronicles, which is Soju Chronicles, one word, on Twitter. And that is a K-drama, books, anime, manga. You know, we discuss a lot of things and drink and have a good time. And that is where you can find me for Soju. And you can find me on my personal. And it is T22 Nat. It's literally uh, says Christmas Nat at this time. <laughs> because I'm here for Christmas. I love Christmas. Love it yes and you could also you can i mean anywhere that they're basically talking about k-pop you can find me because i do very much enjoy k-pop and i love talking about it so yeah thank you for having me
1: guys support her podcast listen to the saturdays check out how much nat loves christmas and got seven on her personal page and we'll both see you at some other time
2: bye bye thanks for listening
0: Before we end our time together, I have a few requests. If you're listening to this podcast, please follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you're listening. If it's available, please give this podcast a five-star rating so more people can find it, and leave a review or comment to let me know how I'm doing. I'd love to know your thoughts so we can chat, and I wanna know how I can continue to grow and give you a better listening experience. If you're watching this podcast on YouTube, Give this video a like and subscribe and hit that notification bell. Leave a comment there as well. If you're looking forward to future episodes, I try to drop at least one teaser leading up to the episode So go over there and catch a sneak peek or have a different experience of the podcast as you'll be able to see my tier rankings and more. If you love this podcast and want more, support me on Patreon for just $5 a month. You can have the full episodes of season two and onward as much juicy content as your heart
1: desires.
0: If you wanna catch more of my thoughts, please be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Pop. Send me a Twitter message because I spend most of my time there, but I do share fun news on Instagram so you don't wanna miss those. If you're a fangirl like I am and have a confession your own secret obsession about anything I've discussed, or you wanna introduce me to a K-pop variety show from 2006, or a Christian artist that made one album in 2009, email me at blackgirltalkspop at gmail.com. Because I decided to be my own enemy of progress, this email address is spelled as B-L-A-C-K girltalkspop at gmail.com. That's B-L-A-C-K girltalkspop at gmail.com. Check this out. All the boys want my heart? Before I get too lost in my phase, let's close this episode with a prayer. Pray for me you all, and know that I'm always praying for you and cheering you on. Please note that this section is purely a reflection of my personal experience as a Christian. This section does not reflect the views of anyone that I choose to have as a guest. If you have a different faith or are uncomfortable for any reason, please feel free to skip to the end of the episode. Mid-last year, I felt like to pray at the end of each episode to conclude in an uplifting way and hopefully provide encouragement to you as you move about your day. I also feel that it gives me the perspective I need, so I can't completely act foolishly, but I try to have fun on here. Let's pray. Lord, I am so thankful for Nat. She has done so much to support my podcast, and I'm so honored that she graciously agreed to walk me and the listeners through the Saturday's discography. I thank you for her kind spirit, and I pray that you will send people that will encourage her and that and confirm her gifts and talents. I lift up our 2022 goals and those of the listeners to you lord you are a provider i pray that you will give us favor in every aspect of our lives i pray that our names will be mentioned in rooms that we cannot imagine and i pray that when we are given the opportunities that we cannot fathom we will open those doors of confidence and boldness and own the goodness that you've given us i bind and destroy any feelings of imposter syndrome or fear help us to choose faith in every situation we face. As our platforms grow, give us the wisdom to navigate those new spaces with care and compassion. Help us to create communities that will encourage accountability and growth while giving everyone room to admit they don't always know the right answer. Send us people that we can lean on for emotional support. I pray that 2022, will be a year in which we experience the fullness of your love, we can see the harvest of our efforts, and our hearts will be open to many more wonders to come. In Jesus' name I pray,
1: amen. It's over? Can this podcast go on forever?
0: At the right price? I'll consider it. Check out previous episodes of the podcast. If you're on YouTube, you'll see some on the screen. And listen to the rest of this episode on Patreon for just $5 a month. I'll see you there.